This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And again, undefeated again. They were undefeated the last time we did this Monday show. Everybody's uh, undefeated, baby. Yeah. Not everybody. Just one team say, in the NFL. Know, there's only one team that's undefeated in the NFL. Well, I was talking more about the Phillies. They're not undefeated, but they're going to the World Series. Plus, yeah. the Astros are undefeated going to the World Series. Uh, the Astros are. And here's the good. The Phillies are undefeated at home. Have That's not true. lost a home game yet here in the postseason. A lot, uh, lot of unbeaten talk, yeah. And let's unbeaten. let's get that out of the way right away. Thank you very much to the Philadelphia Phillies from the entire city of Philadelphia, from a sports talk show host on WIP, and from two birds hosts on Birds 365 because, yeah, the bye week is like heavy lifting. You don't have an Eagles game to break down and analyze. So why not go ahead and make the World Series Phillies and – Give us a little something to uh, be distracted by during the downtime, during the football season. Uh, congrats to them for their World Series win. It was a weird day yesterday. All right, it's at Citizens Bank Park doing a show from 10 to 2. And then I had to get out of it. I had to leave. As everyone is pouring into Citizens Bank Park, I'm going in the opposite direction to go home and watch football. 
because uh, I uh, had my CBS show last night. And, yeah, we do football for the first two hours of my show. It's all NFL. No Eagles, but all NFL. So it's kind of a weird day. But they, even watching on television, the uh, Phillies win and celebration was phenomenal. So, yeah, they, now the Phillies get a bye week, much like the Eagles. We got to wait five days before the stinking World Series starts. Yeah, they already well, have the you know, that's schedule. what happens when you get one series ending in five and the other ending in four. You get that uh, big lull. But at least, uh, you know, you get to line up the pitching staffs. And at least you get to see the best versus the best. And we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. But amazing run. Uh, amazing run. And I'm going to congratulate the Phillies, and I'm going to say, well done, but I will not pander Jody McDonald. I will not pander. I refuse to do it. I don't know how you can pander when they're doing what they're doing. It's it's well, you know me and the pander with Nick and the and the jerseys, and I sent you my joke that went over well on yeah, Twitter. I, I, I can see <laughs> the responses on that. I don't have to see your Twitter yeah. feed to know that. Uh, come on, come probably, on, people. Was Get probably not taken kindly by no. those who don't have a sense of humor. Oh, I'm absolutely pandering. I went to the closet this morning and said, "Yeah, give me that red T-shirt." I'll go red today. Yeah, let me throw the red on before I sit down with my buddy Johnny Mac. So, yes, congrats to the Phillies. Great week leading up to a World Series matchup between they and the Houston Astros. And a couple of uh, people pointed this out on the show yesterday. Next week, the World Series starts on Friday. So it goes Friday, Saturday, off on Sunday. Thank you very much. Eagles be busy on Sunday. You don't have to split your attention between the Phillies and the Eagles. You can zero in on the Steelers coming to town to take on the Birds. Then off on Monday. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then if it goes as much as Game 6 or Game 7, Game 6 would be Friday back in Houston. But there's a game Thursday night in Houston next week. Yeah. And that would be the Texans and the Eagles. So in back-to-back days, you could have Eagles-Texans on a Thursday night and then Phillies and Astros game six in the World Series on Friday night. We know the Eagle fans uh, travel well. They might be the best traveling fan base in the entire National Football League. I know. That's debatable. Uh, people going off about, oh, Citizens Bank Park is the hardest place to play. It's so loud. They actually raise the players' games. I think that is true. The Eagles go one step further. They take it on the road. Forget about Lincoln Financial Field. They go and take over other teams' stadiums. We know how good a traveling squad they are. whole bunch of people from Philadelphia are going to make that Thursday night into a Friday thing. They get their hands on tickets for game six. You you know, it's going to be easier, I would imagine. And I don't know Houston and um, how, you know, the Astros have been good for a while now. Um, I think they're six straight ALCS appearances. They've been in the league championship series six straight years. Yeah, they have a very good team. Um, So they're kind of used to it in this recent incarnation of of Houston. You know, maybe it gets a little... um, you know, you take it for granted, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's going on in Houston. Obviously, the Texans are not very good, so I would think it would be easy for Eagles fans to take over um, in, in that particular game. I think it would be more 
difficult in the World Series, but I don't know. Is Houston a great sports town? I, I haven't delved into it as much. They should be from a baseball standpoint. It's difficult to get behind a football team um, that's been as bad as the Texans. And, and by the way, it's had so many off-the-field issues as well. Uh, it's really difficult. So I think it would be easy for Eagles fans, um, more difficult for Phillies fans, and, you know, a lot of them are the same, obviously. But uh, oh, I, I think if the Eagle fans want to travel, that's a big stadium. It's a nice stadium, as a matter of fact. Yeah, they I'm, can I, they can take over that. I've place. never been. I know you have. You've been to the New Houston Stadium, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, from, it's, from what I hear, it's like one of the underrated. With Dallas gets all the coverage. The new one in L.A., the new one in Vegas. The one in Houston is as nice as any of them. But because the Texans are never any good, I don't think we will notice how nice the stadium yeah. is. Oh, they could take it over. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're not going to be I mean, flogging. Those Texan fans are not no. holding on to those tickets, asking for three times face value. I think giving them yeah. away would be more close to a description. To yeah, way I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it'll be a right problem now. for the Eagles. I assume it'll be a bigger problem for the World Series. But I, I don't know. Much fewer seats, as I said. Uh, you know. Uh, there's people willing to give up their seats, as you said, Jody. You know, somebody wants to pay egregious amounts just to get in there. You might as well bankroll your whole next season season yeah, oh, tickets. Yeah. You know, so there's that type of thing. I imagine there's going to be a decent amount of Phillies fans there. But hey, we got Pittsburgh first. Although people are looking by Pittsburgh, and probably well, they should. No, not too many. I don't know how many people were watching that game last night, but. I don't know what Pittsburgh is doing. It's difficult. Anytime you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback and you're making that transition and you have a bad veteran and, and, and a rookie who's not ready and you're trying to go back and forth and make that decision, they're a mess right now. And, and I'm a Mike Tomlin fan. <clears throat> um, there, there are some naysayers about Tomlin and his skills. And yeah, I don't get that, by the way. I don't understand it a little bit. Uh, all right, so he's not the boy genius offensive guru that some other coaches around the league are. Who cares? All he does is make the playoffs every single year. He's got a Super Bowl in his back pocket. Um, it, but I think he made a mistake this week. I know Mitch Trubisky's Mitch Trubisky, and he's never going to be a franchise quarterback. He played well the week before when Pickett went out. He won them the game. It wasn't like uh, the defense played great and he was just along the game managing and not screw it up. No, he actually made plays, and they went back to Pickett. And I get it. You know, you're trying to avoid a quarterback controversy. But one of the things I've always liked about Mike Tomlin is he's in the moment. And Pittsburgh season is is uh, going by them. Coming into this week, everybody in that division, three and three or uh, worse. There were no uh, teams with winning records. And by getting the win last week, you actually are kind of hanging in the divisional race. And he went back to Pickett, which I, I said, I believe me, I said it before the game. I just didn't say it on the air with you here, Johnny Mack. Um, I, I would have played Mitch Trubisky this week. and Yeah, I think well, I, we both said. I assumed, I just assumed Trubisky was going to play. Um, because because he, because he of what he did last week or because Pickett wasn't going to be physically ready to return? Uh, no, because of what he did last week. I thought they'd go. Now, you know, you mentioned Mike Tomlin. Um, you know, it's a different phase in Pittsburgh. Maybe their thought process is, well, we know Trubisky's maybe 
better equipped to win on a particular Sunday, but long-term he's not our guy. We know he's not our guy. So we might as well get the, the Jim Schwartz coin startup costs out of the way and keep going and keep going and keep going and get over that hump. I, I assume it's a different, you know, for Mike Tomlin, you mentioned all the guys never had a losing season. Never, never had it. He's going to have it this year, but uh, unless things turn around dramatically for Kenny Pickett, up until this point, he's never had a losing season. And you can talk about Ben Roethlisberger and how bad he was at the end of his career. But that guy knew how to play. I mean, there are just guys who know how to play, and they know, and they're going to keep you in games and all, all this kind of stuff. And they don't have that anymore. And that's a luxury, and it's a really difficult uh, hurdle to get over when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback and all of a sudden – you wake up one day and he's not there anymore. And then you got to start over. It's very difficult. Here's the reason why I'm calling Tomlin on the carpet. Even if he's being advised, new general manager. Remember, new general manager who was uh, like CEO president before he got the, the gig when their general manager stepped aside this year. Wasn't like a grizzled veteran guy who's been the wars through the wars of player personnel for years. Or if it came straight down from ownership, let's let's uh, think about 2023, 24, 25. I, I don't think Mike Tomlin came on this himself to go, yeah, maybe we just put in our young quarterback because it's better for the future. I don't buy that. And, oh, by the way, the, the standings dictated you shouldn't do that. Yeah, I agree. That's the part I agree with. I mean, you got to wait until you're out of it. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, and then when you're out of it, yeah, go ahead. Go. I'm, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. But either way, I mean, you know, we're arguing Kenny Pickett versus Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, you know, it's not, and uh, you know, I hate to look past this game, but it's hard not to uh, when you're the Philadelphia Eagles, when here's, you're six and oh, and that's here's what, the reason why you don't look past it, John. You got the Texans after that. Because if you're really looking past the opponents that you should beat just by throwing your helmet out there on the field, they got two in a row. Well, I am. Got a buy into the you. So what? It's the Steelers into so what? It's the Texans. Yeah, that's a little uh, bit of a slippery slope to be going down. I don't think Eagles uh, and or anyone who's an Eagle fan should be going down that road. Well, I you know the Eagles certainly shouldn't, and and Nick Sirianni does a, a a lot to you know, combat that kind of thing. And, you know, one day at a time, win the day, blah, 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 all that cliche nonsense. But I mean, the, the they should have no issues with Pittsburgh or Houston, you know, and to be honest, Washington as well. And that's why I said going into the bye, I knew this team's going to be nine and oh, um, you know, Washington, by the way, might be a little bit more difficult with Taylor Heineke than Carson yeah. Wentz, believe it or not. No, we'll, um, get, we'll get to Rodgers and uh, Tampa. Uh, yeah. Brady, both well, we'll small, get, yeah, the NFC as a whole and the NFC East as a whole. Good for Jeff Kerr, our buddy. Good morning, NFC East. <laughs> Who knew that? Good morning, best division in the conference should be the name. In the conference, in the league. Yeah, I mean, you can make that argument as well. At, at you know, and I'm I'm the biggest culprit, so I'm going to call myself on the carpet. At one point, did we believe in the New York Giants? Um, I mean, six and one, and and Dallas, 
Look, I keep saying Dallas is the second best team in this conference because they were good with Cooper Rush. And if Dak Prescott gets going, and they didn't play well yesterday for the vast majority of the game, kind of, you know, broke it open late. Um, and Detroit had issues. They got an I was going to say, if you watch that game, it was just as much Detroit being Detroit as it was. Dallas yeah, I mean, and, and they lose Amon St. Brown. And don't even get me started on that new stupid rule. If that happens to a key Eagles player, these fans are going to be so incensed. I mean, he tri- honestly, he tripped up. I thought he hurt his ankle. And they throw him off the field and he's done. Now, if he got diagnosed with a concussion, I have no problem with it. Um, and I don't, I don't know if he did. Maybe you do, Jody. I don't know if he got officially I didn't diagnosed see one way with a concussion. Out. So if he did, I have no problem with it. But if he didn't, I got a big problem with it. Um, I, I, I don't like that rule. I mean, it, it, overreaction to what happened with two in Miami, but that's a, that's another discussion that, that, that Dallas defense is legit as legit as a defense could be in the modern NFL. Um, and you know, Dak turns into Dak down the stretch. There's still going to be a team to worry about, but the giants, I didn't see, I didn't I did not see coming. And Daniel Jones, I know I'm not talking to the biggest Daniel Jones fan in the world, but that guy is so athletic, and for whatever reason, people don't realize it. He he had another turf monster play, like the like the one here in Philly. But this one wasn't, it was 20 or 30 yards, and the turf monster got him. If this guy could figure out how to not trip over the turf, run his own. It, I mean he is so athletic, and 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 for the first time, I think the Giants are utilizing that correctly. So you have to give our old buddy Mike Cap get a lot of credit, along with Brian Dayball, um, obviously uh, the most, who should be the coach of the year. Sorry, Nick, uh, but Nick had a good team. Uh, nobody thought Brian had a good team. So right now, if you force me to choose coach of the year, I'm going Brian Dayball because I did not see this coming. With the New it York is Giants. the beauty of that debate. They played twice before yeah. the end of the season and made the best coach win for coach of the year. If the Eagles beat the Giants twice, then it's certainly Sirianni's award. If the Giants beat the Eagles twice, sorry, Nick, it's all Brian Dable. If they split, we can have the debate. But we've got, and hopefully uh, they're in a position. Right now, who would you pick? If you were forced to pick right now, which obviously Sirianni. doesn't. Really? It's six, six and oh, is six and oh. Uh, the Giants did lose again. Giants lost to the Cowboys. Eagles handled the Cowboys easily. I know you can't do it right down the line by like that, but yeah, I'd, I'd give Sirianni a very slight nod. But they're, they're the one, two choices, and then there's this massive drop-off to everybody else in the National Football League, and that tells you how good the NFC East is. But before we give Dak and the Cowboys too much credit, I know, like you said, well, I, by the credit. way, I'll say it again. I did not play well. I said, if he starts playing well, the oh, okay. offense, the Dallas offense did not play well in that game at all. That's what I mean. The last four possessions for the Lions, 10-6, early fourth quarter, inside the five-yard line, at the one-yard line, Jamal Williams coughs up the football. If they take it in there, they're actually up 13-10 uh, with 13, 14 minutes to go. He fumbles at the one. Next possession, Goff interception. Last two possessions, fumble, fumble. So they they turned the ball over four times in their last four possessions in that game. 
So I the, the Cowboys won, and the Eagles are undefeated. The Giants only have one loss, and the Cowboys only have two. The Lions are the Lions. And if you, like me, get sucked in by hard knocks, watch it, start to like the guys. So, oh, maybe they will be better this year. You say week one, the house was rocking. No Eagle fans there because Detroit believed in their th- Guess what, Lions fans? Your team still stinks. Your coach may be a soundbite machine, but he can't coach his way out of a paper bag. One of my guys, Aaron Glenn, former Jet, played a charity golf thing with him once, got a picture in my basement of he and I should be fired tomorrow. The Lions <laughs> are terrible. They the Lions, just flat uh, out stink. Yeah. the the it, Well, that's the thing. You're going to wake up one day, much like your Jets, and I thought we were there with the Lions uh, at least closer early in the season where all of a sudden, you know, they've been bad for so long. All of a sudden they're trapped in these top tier players at the top of the draft every year, Panay Sewell, Aiden Hutchinson this year, on and on and on. It's coming, Jody. It's coming because they can all play. Panay Sewell. Maybe, maybe in our lifetime, but it it's coming. Panay, mark my words, Panay Sewell is one of the already one of the best offensive linemen in this league. Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a star. Uh, I just talked about Amon St. Brown. DeAndre Swift is hurt. They have injury issues. Maybe you could talk about Dan Campbell there because guys can't stay on the field there. Part of that is luck, let's be honest. Um, You know, Swift's not out there. St. Brown's not out there. We've been begun. People forget. Oh, by the way, Jamison Williams is coming to Detroit. They drafted him and with the knowledge that he tore his ACL in the national championship game. But he's coming. Um I don't believe in the quarterback. Yeah. I don't, I don't four believe four wins, Lions. All right, Lions fan, you get the four this year. Big I don't, step. I, 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 I don't believe in the coach. I don't believe in the quarterback. But they, there's, and you fell in that trap with that offensive line. I told you about that offensive line. When they're healthy, they can play. Um, uh, the the offensive point, line of the one and six Lions. Okay. At some point, you saw him. You can say it now. Swift is injured. You're not taking into account the injuries, and St. Brown's been out, and how good a player he's turned into. Look, they couldn't, open, couldn't open up a hole for Jamal Williams on the one yard line yesterday. Win the battle. Well, Win you the can't war. Do that. Get them pushing back into the end zone. Williams gets hit, and three coughs it up. Not, not, I'm just saying, you're seeing it with your own Jets. How many years have people said, same old Jets, same old Jets? All Jets, of a sudden, Jets, one day, Jets are all about defense. I watched a bunch of that Jet game. It's all about defense. Well, yeah, the quarterback's not playing well, but yeah, the point is, the point is, where they draft uh, uh, Ahmed Gardner, where they draft him, you seven know, or eight, six or seven, where they draft Quentin Williams. Uh, you know, First when round. you when you pick that high in the draft again and again and again and again, eventually you're going to start getting good players. And eventually those good players are going to start playing well. And eventually things turn and that's why sports are cyclical. And that's why bad teams get high draft picks. And that's why everything's set up the way it is. My point is that uh, too many people around the national football league and one here on birds, 365 had the acceleration of the lions improvement 
a little faster than it actually was going to be and has proven to be. They may eventually kick in at some point. They're still one of the two or three worst teams in the hey, National Football look, League. The record is the record. It it it's about they're they're a bad team again. But I do think, you know, you know, because I know you, you saw DeAndre Swift, you know he can play. You know Aiden Hutchinson. Gotta be able to stay on the field, John. Well, that's DeAndre part of Smith it. is becoming that is, one of those. That is that a legitimate play, that is a legitimate concern. I don't know what's going on with their injuries, but they're always injured. And that is something they got to figure out because, you know, you can imagine if you don't have, if you don't have Miles Sanders, if you don't have Devontae Smith, if you don't have, uh, these are the players on their team. Now the Eagles have better players, but these are the impact players that they don't have right now. Um, And, and you're not going to win if you lose all those players. So they have to figure out what's going on from an injury standpoint. I agree with you there. We talk about Arshkinota. Maybe he's got the secret. Maybe the Lions don't. Maybe Dan Campbell's too tough on them. They can't stay on the field. They have too many of their key players not there. But that doesn't mean those key players can't play. They've got some talent, but for varying reasons, they haven't come close to putting it together. All right, uh, we, we've already done with the line. Beat them week one, moved on from that. We don't have to worry about them a little bit. NFC East, we talk about the Cowboys, Giants. Um, they've just kind of got something different. The defense played really well. I know the Jacksonville Jags went down the field against them late, which, oh, by the way, shame on Saquon Barkley. Uh, they're trying to run out the clock. Barkley's yeah. on the sidelines. He sticks his ankle out of bounds before his butt can get to the I'm ground. I'm surprised they overturned that, by the way. Uh, I, I thought that was a possibility. I really did. Watching it live, I said. Oh, I thought, I watching it live, I knew, I was like, wait, that he's not he's not in bounds. I said it immediately. He's out of bounds. Right. Why well, are they then, running Then why line? would you think they wouldn't overturn it? <laughs> because they went all the way to the timeout. And I thought at that point. It was slow on the uptake. You're right there. Um, And I thought at that point, all right, it was over. They missed it. They aren't going to look at this. They got Um, it right. I'm glad they got it right. I'm I'm not sure if that's the way the mechanics of the rules work, but I guess it doesn't matter. They can do whatever they want. Um, You're supposed to. You know, in other words, a timeout to me is a play, right? So if you're in the guts of a game and a coach has to challenge, if you run the next play, you can't challenge. Well, once you call timeout, I, I guess you can – I guess their thought process is you can still challenge and go back to the last play. Um, I'm glad they got it right. And you're right about Saquon Barkley, something about Penn State. Miles Sanders has had that problem as well. Um, you know, going out of bounds when when he should stay in bounds. You don't make it that close um, – and Jacksonville should have won that game. They're another team with Doug Peterson. I mean, they should have won that game, but they didn't. The Giants keep winning these games. I don't know how, but they keep winning these games. And uh, I'm not going to go as far as you and say Jacksonville should have won the game. I'll say they could have won the game. Seeing as the last play goes to the one-yard line and three giant tacklers swarm uh, Christian Kirk and make sure that he don't he doesn't get in. Uh, that the Giants is the defense is a no name defense. They don't have any Pro Bowl guys there. They don't have guys whose names you easily recognize. 
but they've come together uh, under uh, their defensive coordinator, who's doing a heck of a job. That was a really good offseason hire by them. Why the Ravens moved off of them, I'm still not sure. I think Martindale's one of the better DCs in the league. They, yeah, they just have that find a way to win mentality and the way of doing things. I, I still don't love their roster. I compare their roster to the Eagle roster. I go, not even close. The Eagles just especially have a offensively, team. especially offensively. I think defensively, I think they do have some name talent up front. Uh, and I think McKinney's a, a pretty good player um, at safety. Um, so they have some players on defense when you know Leonard Williams has been good for years, Dexter Lawrence. And now you they want to know Jim- something? Leonard Williams isn't doing squat this year. You're right. He's the most recognizable name on the Giants' defensive line. And he's not even playing all that well. It's yeah. everybody else. Well, Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, we talk about that's true. All right, again. yeah, I should I shouldn't dismiss him here as high yeah. a draft pick as he was. Yeah, exactly. And but same thing I was talking about Jets and Lions. If you're that bad for that long, all of a sudden, and they have Evan Neal as well, two top ten picks. Now he got hurt. I think that is something to keep an eye on for Eagles fans because they lost two offensive linemen in that game. They lost uh Evan Neal. They're starting right tackle. They lost uh, Ben Bredesen, who's their starting left guard, both to knee injuries. Now, I saw Neil was an MCL, so that's going to be at least a couple weeks, hopefully not season-ending for him. Don't know on, on Bredesen yet, but that could be you know devastating. They also lost their rookie tight end, uh, Daniel Bellinger. Um, so they that was a costly win, but they keep winning. They keep winning. They and oh, by the way, I'm going to make a bold statement here. Three NFC teams Philadelphia Eagles, New York Giants, Minnesota Vikings all locks to make the playoffs. Week seven <clears throat> of a 17 week season, I'm locking all three of those teams up Eagles because I'm six and oh, six and oh, Giants because six wins is six wins. And the Vikings, because five and one, they were at the bye week, same as the Eagles this week. And there's no one else in that to be that the, the, the Lions. Yeah, somebody, somebody's got to win it. The somebody's Packers. Win it. Nobody's got to win that division. And when you're five and one and everybody else is, is struggling as badly behind you as they are, yeah, I think the Vikings could stumble into winning that division. So with 10 more weeks to go, I'm already locking up three NFC playoffs. You know, I'm, I'm going to wait. Giants, Vikings, all locks. I'm going to wait one more week on on Minnesota and Green Bay. Uh, you're right about the Lions and Bears. They're not relevant. Um, I'm going to wait one more week. I know how bad Green Bay's playing. I, I um, Another terrible loss. Um, you know, they have a lot of issues. But, boy, I just don't believe in Minnesota. I just don't believe. And I want to see them play. They're coming out of the, their bye. They had a bye. Correct. They're coming they out of their bye against Arizona. Now, Arizona hasn't played well. And the game's in, I believe, in Minnesota. But all of a sudden, DeAndre Hopkins is back. They are so bad defensively. They are so bad. And I'm talking about Minnesota with that zone. Uh, they're where the Eagles were last year. They're playing the same defense. They got so many blown coverages every week. Guys running open. It's I just don't believe in them yet. 
I hear what you're saying as far as somebody's got to win the division. Has to. And with the Giants, there's no way I'm going to guarantee it at this point because the Eagles are so good and Dallas is is better. Um, now, they're in a very good position, but, you know, if they lose two of their offensive linemen, which isn't – they don't have a great offensive line, but it's a lot better than it has been. It, if they lose two of those guys – um, for a significant per- period. So I got to wait and see on the injury front. But there's certainly all those teams are in great position. I mean, they should be able to. And to then there are down. the teams that spit the bit yesterday. Um, yeah, that's why I'm locking it up for Minnesota because Green Bay gets <clears> beat <throat> by the commanders, the Taylor Heineke led commanders. They're better with Taylor. I know they're better. I, I said that here last week on Birds 365. I said in my CBS show Saturday night, look for the commanders. Uh, take the points against the Packers. They'll be better just because it's not Carson Wentz at quarterback. We knew it wasn't going to be this week. We now know it's going to be a month because they put him on IR. So Carson will Officially not be the QB yeah. when the uh, commanders come here to Philadelphia. Yeah, Heineke's got that little nervy thing to him he's a leader he's a guy yeah. who's not afraid to pull it down you watch him throw the football you know that he's not a franchise quarterback he just doesn't no, have the no. prerequisite arm he is but plucky. he's plucky he's plucky is a great word that's what he is that's what the the commanders will be the second half of the season under him which yeah we've got one more shot at them i think the eagles will handle him but um yeah the packers and the bucks may be done Again, I know I'm, I'm, I'm maybe a little ahead of the curve here, but uh, when the Bucks were losing the last couple, well, it's, it's going to come around. It hasn't. Oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's going to come around. Giants, Jets, Commanders, three straight losses. Yeah, the Packers and the Bucks, and everybody looks at the quarterback, and these are two all-time greats. They're not playing well, and the rest of the team is not playing well at all. How did the... How did that Tampa defense give up three touchdowns to the police? Here, take all our best offensive players. We don't care if we win or not, Panthers, this past week. Yeah, that's a bad loss. I mean, that is especially the way it went down. And we got to talk about at some point we'll get into the trade uh, deadline because Eagles fans are losing their minds over Brian Burns, which ain't going to happen for a number of reasons. But um you know, three points against a team that basically is giving up on the season. And by the way, if you're Carolina, why are you giving up on the season? This is why I can't give up on Tampa Bay. How bad is that division, Jody? Who's in first place in that division right now? In, yes, in the tiebreaker. In the tiebreaker, I don't know. I know. Yeah, I don't. I, I, somebody's got to win that Bucks division. The Falcons are both three and four. Yeah, so. Carolina's two and five. True, uh, New after Orleans, yesterday's win, they're back in the mix, and yeah. they got a win over the Bucks. We we all talk about the Saints and the Eagles have a top five pick, blah blah blah. Hey, they're they might win they that division. They threw only one game out of first place yeah. too. They might win that division. So when it comes to the South, I can't rule anybody out, including the Panthers. Although I don't believe in the Panthers. Yeah, it's kind of tough to make the yeah. argument for the Panthers. Uh, all right, they're we're. Because there was no Eagle action this week, the bye week, uh, first thing I'm going to get out of Johnny Mack when we get back is the schedule. He may or may not have the answer for us because the Eagles always aren't 
forthcoming with their schedule of how they're going to do things and when their media availability is. Uh, but yes, the Eagles will get back to practicing football this week and then playing this weekend against the Steelers. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac on Birds 365. By week in the rearview mirror, we now start the serious prep for the Pittsburgh Steelers. J Mac, how much info you got out of the Birds as to how this week is going to lay out for them leading up to the Steelers? Um, Wednesday, Wednesday, back at it. They're uh, not even back to Wednesday. 
Yep, not even back. Uh, first I, practice. I, I, I don't know the CBA, and I don't know that. Nah, they'll be back. I mean, uh, as far as media access, nothing until Wednesday. But I mean, the coaches are obviously working. Um, the rehabbing players are there. Uh, the players will be in by probably Tuesday. I don't know that for sure, but uh, they probably gave them the extra day on Monday, which is understandable. They're six and zero. They're that six is, and zero. That is a lengthy bye week. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you're going all the way till Tuesday before you get the regular guys back, and you're, I understand uh, the rehab guys are around the play. They're not doing anything. They're just working out. You're not really getting anything accomplished as far as building for this game against. Well, Steelers. they don't practice anyway. So what is the point? And you got a point there, uh, since I be rail on that all the time. Uh, why, why, why change something that's got yeah. to you two picks and oh? To this point, all right. And so, they do yeah. practice, but it's just all walk. You're, you're, and, but you're assuring yeah. me all the players after this week are off are all going to be able to recognize each other. They're not going to have to have a meeting to. Now that I can't, I I can't confirm. Uh, you know, with any bye week, uh, you're just hopeful that everybody gets back okay. So nobody did any knucklehead things over the bye, and that seems to have. Uh, come to fruition that's all that that matters that's always a good thing all right um you kind of touched on it before we went to break uh we are now not eight days away from the nfl trade deadline next tuesday is the nfl trade deadline the big deal with christian mccaffrey took place last week he got into the game this weekend for the 49 yeah showed a little bit too by the way give him the not made a couple plays a yeah. couple of non-plays too which i guess you can't really call him on the car before he, he hasn't had a practice with the team just had a significant practice so uh and oh by the way the 49ers lost because of their defense 44 spot darren uh to pat Mahomes, and that's supposed to be the strength uh tamika ryan's getting Head coach. Oh, everybody loves him. He's going to be yeah. the next head coach in the National Football League. Did you watch a 49ers defense the last two weeks? Hey, the man, Falcons, I say it all the, the time. Falcons go through him and then Mahomes lighten them up. We're, we're, um, well, the Falcons is really concerning. The Chiefs, eh, not so much. I mean, I, you know, we're going to see it in the World Series, uh, coming up, Philadelphia fans. Still in baseball, a lot of changes in baseball, you know, Jody, but. Good pitching beats good hitting. Still always has, always will. Can't change that. Mono a mono. You'll see it in the World Series. Guys will pitch well. Maybe it's Wheeler for the Phillies. Maybe it's Verlander for the Astros. Although, by the way, he's always terrible in the World Series. So, Phillies fans have a, a leg up there. Um, in, in the modern NFL, good offense beats good defense. Good offense beats good defense. Now you got to play good offense, um, but if you're if you're really cooking, uh, it's easier to play offense than defense in the NFL. I don't think San Francisco is a bad defense. I think they got caught against a bad offense, and they were really humming in the second half, especially. And at that point, it's like, uh, what can you do? Uh, but I would still say that's one of the top five defenses in the NFL. Atlanta concerns me more. I mean, you shouldn't be doing that against Atlanta. But if you give up a 40 spot to Kansas City or Buffalo, eh, you know, if they're cooking, you're going to give up a 40 spot. All right. uh, uh, How many times has uh, uh, 
Casey scored 40 this year. There's 30, and then there's 44. There's a little bit of a difference. I would tell you there. Well, defense. all right. Uh, maybe I'm, Maybe there's a little hyperbole. 40 is mm-hmm. a lot. But, you know, if you get behind it, here's why I'm not concerned about it. If you get behind in a game like that, and the game's over, sometimes you give up some touchdowns at the end. Who cares? The point is they got waxed, whether it's 35 or 45. or The, the, the demarcation line is not the important part for me. The, the, the important part is Kansas City's playing well offensively. If Kansas City's playing well offensively, they're going to score on everybody. Everybody. That's, that's my larger point. If Buffalo is playing well offensively, now, I also, and I've told you this, Jody, many times, I thought the league overreacted to that playoff game last year, saying, we can't keep up with these two. We can't keep – no, you can't. That If they're playing like that, you can't keep up with them. The goal is to make sure they don't play like that and sort of whether you want to – I'll go basketball analogy. You know, is, is Michael Jordan in his prime? Is he going to score 30? Yeah. But make it difficult. Make it difficult. Make right. it more and that's difficult. what I was saying about the 49ers yesterday. They didn't make anything difficult from the first possession to the last. And if you're going to give them a pass on the last couple because, all right, they were buried anyway. Uh, no, not for me. Make it difficult. Listen to John McMullen. San Francisco didn't make it difficult on Kansas <laughs> City at all. All day, all 60 well, all, minutes. All, all I'm doing is contextualizing the 49ers defense. Again, the 49ers defense is going to be better than 27 other defenses minimum. That's, no. that's all I'm saying. So, well, I, I agree with what you're saying, make it difficult fight to the end, do everything. I'm just saying contextually, they're one of the top five at worst top 10 defenses. So that to me doesn't change because of that performance is all I'm trying to say. And all I'm trying to say is at three and four, and oh, by the way, the season what are they in first place. Along. Uh, <laughs> right, that's another bad. Division. By the way, Tampa Bay is in first place. Um, after losing four and five, I checked it during the break. Jeff. They got the tiebreaker. They they got the tiebreaker. They're in first place. You know who's in first place in in the NFC West? That would Geno be the Geno Smith led yeah. Seattle Seahawks. Is the that biting, what you're telling me? Yes, the biting Genos are are first place right now. Which, Another oh, one. Way. Who saw that coming? Well, here's what I'll say. Did, did I see the, the Seahawks being in first place? No, I surely did not. But I had a read on. When everyone else was saying Pete Carroll <clears throat> is done, if they trade Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll's going to say, here's what you can do with your job. Uh, no, I'm a 70-year-old guy. I don't need this rebuilding stuff. Number one, I didn't believe. I didn't ever believe Pete Carroll was walking away. They're going to have to pull Pete Carroll out of the facility, grabbing and scratching and clawing at the carpet. He's never walking away. I was right about that. And number two, oh, Russell Wilson gone. There's no way. They have to do the rebuild thing. No, they weren't. They believed. Now, to their credit, and I had no bloody clue, they thought Geno Smith could play. They had him in the building. They thought that it wouldn't be a terrible drop-off, that he could do the game manager thing. How many how many times did you hear, oh, D.K. Metcalf close to being traded? Oh, the Seattle's are going into rebuild mode. They can get for a D.K. Metcalf. And well, I could give D.K. Metcalf yeah. the extension that it needs to keep him. Not only did they not trade him, they extended him as well, which told me, all right, Seattle's not going backwards this year. 
They actually think they can compete. Well, now they're competing at the top of the division. And those well, that had Pete Carroll out the door and DK Metcalf out the door, and no, they're still there winning football games, guys. Well, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend I thought Geno Smith could play. Neither it am I. Wouldn't be a a a massive downgrade from Russell Wilson. I thought it was going to be a disaster. I just talked about it with Pittsburgh. I mean, it has been a disaster in Pittsburgh going from Ben Roethlisberger to Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. I thought the same thing was going to happen in Seattle. So I give uh, I give Geno Smith a ton of credit. He's obviously uh, been doing what he needs to do uh, behind the scenes. Um, and, yeah, they're playing well, and they have a chance to be in that mix. We talk about who's number two in the NFC behind the Eagles. Well, we, we generally look at Minnesota, the Giants, and the Cowboys. Why can't it be Seattle? They're just as good as those teams. I think everybody is just as good as everybody. Um, and, you know, you look at – I don't know if you're a big point differential guy, uh, Jody. Yeah, I, I, I give it it's just due. I don't <laughs> overrate it, uh, but I, I don't – I think it's more – I, I think it's more important as you get later in the season. So it's still a little bit early. But in the NFC West, the only team with a positive point differential – remain San Francisco. It kind of tells me they're still the best team. Ultimately, I think they're going to be the best team in that division, but we'll see how it shakes out. Seattle's the only team over 500, but they're minus in point differential, which is rare. So, you know, take it for what it's worth, which probably isn't much. Well, <laughs> and again, week seven, we got a lot of football left to, to be played at this point. Um, as we get eight days away from the trade deadline. <clears throat> yes. Everybody who's a fan is an amateur general manager. McMullen and McDonald play two amateur GMs here on birds 365 every day. And yeah, there's that much more to speculate on when you're leading up to a trade deadline. Um, Eagles haven't made a deal yet. Now he's got eight days. I think you and I are pretty much on the same page. I don't see them trading for a quote unquote starting player guy who's going to come in and play a fairly big role for this team. I, I just don't think it's happening. Burns, the defensive end from Carolina, is the guy who's being talked about most. Here's why I'm not making a deal for Brian Burke. Because he's a good ball player. He's good, and very good player. Very good player. And he's got another year to run on his deal. So you don't have to worry about doing a contract with him. Well, you do, term. though, because next year is his fifth-year option. So right. that's, that's why I said in the spike. short term. Yeah. He's already locked short in for term. next year. Yes, yes, so yes, you, yes. you can push it another yes. year. Um, that is a concern because you're going to have to sign him, and I don't think he's going to come cheap unless he comes in here and doesn't play well. And then you go, all right, do we really want to sign him? If he plays well, you're going to pay through the nose. So that becomes a tricky thing for Howie Roseman to deal with. And here's the other reason why I'm not making a deal. He's that good. There's going to be interest in him around the league. Maybe more the, uh, media guys like us speculating that the price is a little bit too high because Christian McCaffrey got moved without a first-round draft pick being in the deal. No four picks were, but no first-round draft pick. So if the Eagles offer their own draft pick, which we know is going to be the back end of the first round, maybe 32nd, um, I don't know if that gets it done. I am not giving up the pick that they – that's got a chance to be a top five pick 
you're going to give a top five pick in the draft up for a guy who's going to upgrade your defensive end position. We're not talking about a, a, a an all-pro level player in Brian Burns. There's no way I'm giving up that draft pick. And and here's what I think some Eagle fans slash speculators are Oh, give up the pick. We got to win. We're all in this year. Do you know how valuable that pick could be? We're only looking at it right now. We got a whole bunch of football season to play. We don't even know how good a draft this is going to be. A whole lot of uh, dominoes need to be knocked over before we get there. But if that's a top five pick and there are teams that need a quarterback that are dying to get up that, do you know how big a price they'll pay to get that potential top five pick? If there's three quarterbacks oh, in the yeah. draft and two of them oh, come yeah. off one, two, and the next pick is the pick that's going to get you the better quarterback. And and Will Levis is going to be a top 10 pick as well. So, yeah, it's going to be – there's going to be tremendous value to that pick. And that's a good point, Jody. Um, the, just the value to that pick. Plus, you know, even if you want to keep the pick and take the best edge rusher in the draft, which could be the kid from Alabama, who knows how it shakes out. But um, – you know, then you have him cost effective for four years. I mean, it's still pretty expensive for a first one, but nonetheless, Brian Burns's contract 16 million spikes with a fifth year option next year. Now he's 24 years old, he's got 30 and a half sacks through uh seven games of his NFL career uh, in his fourth year. He's very productive. They're asking for two first round picks. The difference between him, now you can shake your head. By the way, Adam Schefter reported this. Now, Mike Kay has told me, forget about 32. They're not taking 32 for Brian Burns, not in a million years. Uh, So they want two first-round picks. They've already had better offers. They've already turned down better offers. The assumption you're trading a 24-year-old edge rusher is dumb. That's number one. But here's the other part that I want to throw into this. And and I looked this up, and that's why I'm trying to I'm trying to find what what why is this narrative that the Eagles need a better pass rush? Oh, we need more help. What do people expect? What do people expect? Here's coming into the bye week, and this might have changed because of, of games yesterday. According to ESPN's pass rush, so if you're doing the the advanced stuff, uh, Jacksonville was number one. Dallas was number two. Eagles were number three in pass rush win metric, whatever you want. Now, whatever that is. If you look at individual rankings, if you look at pro football focus, Brandon Graham, number four, Hassan Reddick, number 26, Josh Sweat, number 28, Brian Burns, number 34. Okay. Oh, can I just stop you for a second? Yeah. Brandon Graham fourth best pass rusher in the national football no league. that a uh, fourth best edge rusher overall edge rusher. okay sorry. i'm getting I, 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 i'm getting into the pass rushing part of it as pass rushers okay. as pass just purely pass your rushers, pass rushers reddick is number seven graham is graded at number 10 sweat at 41 burns at 42 a so step what was behind. the what was the category i mean that the brandon graham was number four in overall Overall edge rushers. Oh, right. So Overall. run, run, support, everything involved. Everything. That, that just amazes me. That BG, missing a year, well yeah. into his 30s, had no idea what he had left in the tank. And sh- sorry, Brandon, 
I would have guessed, uh-oh, this is going to be a drop-off to yeah. the well, table-type year more than a one of the most dominant defensive linemen in the National Football well, and let me and let me put – I give the Eagles a lot of credit for this. Now, Graham has played at this level, and he's played very well. But they have him on a pitch count. They have him they, – they're well aware. They don't want him playing like he used to play most of the game. They have him on a significant pitch count. So his sample size is much less than, say, Reddick, Sweat, or Burns. He is 34, year old, 34 years old. Long-term, Brian Burns would be much better uh, for this team than Brandon Graham. I mean, let's be honest. But, I mean, you're trying to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't get this thought process. They need help at edge rusher. They don't need help. And then you have this aspect, oh, for depth. You think Brian Burns is going to be a depth piece? But I, I mean, I don't. A depth you, piece that they want two first round draft picks yeah. for. You're giving I, up two I, first round draft picks. You better be getting more than a depth piece. Yeah. I, I mean, I just don't get this. You know, you Christian McCaffrey was the same way. Now, Christian's much. You talk about why didn't Christian McCaffrey get a first? Well, he's older. He's injured all the time. He's not 24. Coming off, of, I, I mean, that's why Brian Burns is worth more. Um, you, you, you can't just keep around star players as as break glass in case of emergency, guys. One of the things about Christian McCaffrey that I, I firmly said I don't want him, and this is the reason why: if you get Christian McCaffrey, you are inherently, basically. Got to get him to football. He's that good. If he's healthy, if he's on the field, you got to get him to football. I don't want to mess with the chemistry of this team. Chemistry class is not an elective in the NFL. It is a requirement. In the Eagles, I don't want to mess with this. They have the second-ranked offense or the third-ranked offense, depending on what metric you want to use going through the passing game, going through A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, or vice versa with Dallas and Devontae. They don't get the ball at all to their running backs. Who cares? Jalen Hurts, first of all, can run the football better than a dump off to the running back. Now, if you have Christian McCaffrey, Jody, you have to get him the football. It's not going to be Kenny Gainwell, who you don't care about. I don't give a Lying, you know what? If I get the football to Kenny Gainwell, mm-hmm. you're putting incredible pressure on Shane Steichen. It would be a dumb move. That's why Howie didn't do it. Howie loves the player. He wasn't interested at all. Um, for that reason, chemistry matters. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., you don't even have to trade for him. People bring his name up all the time. Why don't you bring Odell Beckham Jr.? Odell Beckham Jr. to, to be the Quez Watkins role. Yeah, he's better than Quez Watkins. You think OBJ is going to be happy with the targets Quez Watkins gets? And here's the reason why. It's not fantasy football. I'm sorry, Joe. It's not even fantasy football. It's It's real football. And the only motivation that Odell Beckham Jr. would have to come to the Eagles would be, all right, well, he's a guy who's been around and he's trying to win a ring. He won the ring last yeah, year. Yeah. He just did that. Yeah. Joined the team late in the season. Let me see if I can hop on and be part of a championship. Been there, done that. So the allure of that with the Eagles doesn't even matter because he's already yeah. done that somewhere else. 
So yeah, forget Od- uh, anybody who says yeah. Eagle. Joe Banner, I'm just Joe, talking out their ear hole. Joe Banner calls it the big name trap, and I'll tell you, anybody anybody has ever heard of, they want, and it just doesn't work that way. Chemistry is real. It's not at, at Miles Sanders. You know, got a lot of heat uh, during the off seasons, calling them an all star team. You know, they're close to being an all star team. You don't want to, everybody can't be an all-star. You need role players for a reason. All right. Uh, do me a favor. Look some up during the break. We're going to take a time out here. Come back. Uh, Aaron Schatz from footballoutsiders.com going to join us in hour number two. Percentage of snaps played by the defensive line this year. Um, you, you mentioned that they've done a great job. Eagles have at just using Brandon Graham enough. Not too much, not too little. The balance has been phenomenal. The production has been off the charts. Look up usage of uh, defensive linemen for the Eagles this year, both inside and outside, because one certainly does affect the other. All right, John McMullen, Jordan McDonald. We are your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Keep it right here. Go to get your game on. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Jaffney Ambrosio Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com.
score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac on Birds 365 uh, hour in the books. We got one left to play on this undefeated Monday. That's right. The Eagles still haven't lost. All right. Yeah, the rest of the division looked pretty good over the weekend. Giants winning, Cowboys yeah. winning, Command winning. That That's was what I got the... in trouble for pointing out, Jody. Uh, I, I said I... the bad bye week for the Eagles is what I tweeted out, that the Phillies took over the city. In uh, the entire NFC East, one, uh, you know, tongue in cheek, and so many people took that as, oh, oh, the Eagles don't care. The Eagles are happy for the Phillies. Yeah, I meant really. The Eagles were upset. I mean, come on, people. Yeah, man, the Eagles were saying, "Phils, have a week. Not a problem. We got a whole yeah." And by the way, the Eagles to go, and uh, we're planning on making a big playoff run too. So. Yeah. We'll jump on your bandwagon if you jump on ours come January. Yeah. That, that, by the way, the Phillies could win the World Series, and good luck to them. Uh, and and the day, the the minute the parade is done, oh, it's still an Eagles town. Correct. Uh, so, yeah, we're talking Eagles here on Birds 365. Uh, what were those numbers on defensive line percentage of Snap uh, I don't have that. The Eagles are have the percentages out on Tuesday. Uh, I, I, but I can give you the raw numbers. What inside is Pletcher's got two forty eight. Uh, Javon's got two forty four. Uh, Milton's next at one forty six. Uh, Jordan's got one thirty five. Uh, Marlon T's got one thirty three. So that's the interior. That's your tackle guys. Okay. Yeah. Outside uh, Reddick, and remember, I put them in the same category. The uh, even though they call Reddick linebackers, an edge rusher, two sixty seven, uh, Sweats at two fifty one, Brandon's at one sixty seven. That is a pretty significant drop off. You 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 described it well, John. Yeah, 
And Patrick Johnson's kind of taken over that fourth role for your buddy, Derek Barnett. He's got 67. So they could use a, a fourth edge rusher. But I mean, that's not Brian Burns, people. I, 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 so who do you want to take off the field uh, between Reddick? No, because if you bring in somebody else, that it, well, you just gave us the numbers, and and I think there is uh, uh, certainly uh, you're able to read the mind of the defensive coordinator and the positional coach and how much they want to use. They're they're using Brandon Graham perfectly this year. Yeah. If his production is that good and he's grading out that well, because you're not asking him to do, do too much. Uh, all the kudos in the world to the Eagles coaching staff for their deployment. You bring in Brian Burns, that messes with everything. Oh, yeah. That changes the number of snaps and how everybody's going to play. And, yeah, you expect the player to be real good, but could he be better than what BG's giving you? Why why would you even go there unless you're talking about, oh, well, 23, BG might not be here and we need Brian Burns. Okay, fine. No, no, no. Stay in the moment. You're 6-0. Got a chance to go yeah. deep in the playoffs this year to the Super Bowl. Don't mess with the chemistry. You're exactly and I imagine right that usually because I've pointed that out, you've laid it out probably better than I would. So thank you, Jody. But you know, people, well, you just said Josh Sweat. Like Josh Sweat is a bad player. Josh Sweat has been graded above Brian Burns. Now I'd rather have Burns. You know, he's younger, he's healthier, he's had. Uh, you know, all people care about his sack numbers. He's he's a finisher. Um, long term, I'd rather Brian Burns, but this team is six and zero. Why do you want to mess with six and zero? I, 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 could they use a fourth, you know, edge rusher? Yeah, get some depth. All right, if somebody's out there, how he likes. I don't, I, you know, Brian Burns is off season talk. And by the way, Carolina, thankfully, Carolina's not trading Brian Burns. They're not. They're not unless somebody what waddles up to him. With two top 15 picks, then they might consider it. Right. Um, you know, they're and they're one game out of first place. They might yes. as well run. He had a very good game yesterday against Tampa Bay. So not the best time to point this out. But I had a very good game against Tampa Bay. Um, great player. But come on. There's nothing wrong with the Eagles' defensive line right now. Here's the way I look at the Eagles just from a overall team standpoint uh, with eight days to the trade deadline. You ever played Jenga, John? Uh, I have. You have? Uh, yeah. I'm not very good at it. And uh, Nor am I. As my uh, age, as, you know, a little too shaky at this stage. Same here. Uh, but you and I are on the same and the same. And you understand. Everyone, you just see one. And it's a nice, easy piece. And you can pull it out. And if you can do that, it just takes you another step closer to winning. And sometimes you go, oh, if I could get this piece out, man, I could put the other player at a disadvantage. And you pull it out, and there goes the whole friggin' thing. That's where <laughs> I'm at with the Eagles this week. They don't need to pull the key piece out of the Jenga uh, the structure. If you can see a nice little easy piece, Howie, then get your hands on that can help in the margins, go for it. But trading a first or two first round draft picks for a guy at a position you're not bad at already at the edge. No, uh, Howie Roseman doesn't need to do that. And you know, we got to get on this week, J Mac. Um, we got to get our guy Jimmy Kemsky on because one of the things we give, we like Kemsky. He's a Malton Mafia guy, same hometown as me. Um, 
he is more dedicated to uh, the compensatory draft pick tracking than anyone on the Eagles beat. And that's a story this week because Eagles have a whole bunch of free agents at the end of the season. Now, they're not trading Kaiser White. They're not trading James Bradbury. We know that. But a guy like Andre Dillard, if at the end of the season they don't trade Andre in the next eight days, he walks away, he's going to be in that. The Eagles are going to bring back as many free agents as they lose. If they don't, they get compensation. How good a pick would Andre Dillard be? So in a week where you go, well, it's better to trade Dillard and get something rather than nothing. It's not necessarily nothing. No, no. Because and, and that's where, you know, Howie's really good. Like Howie knows. I think a lot of people don't realize when it comes to comp picks and you just laid it out. First of all, they don't even matter unless you sign uh, less than you bring in. Uh, so unless Which, you oh, by the way, with the Eagles this year, that's a distinct yes. possibility because they have a, so many free agents. That is a distinct possibility. And Howie knows. He knows that already. He knows if compensatory picks are going to be relevant to him this offseason. Um and he kind of knows the market, and that's what that's what he's really good about. So he, Jeremy Fowler, I think, is the one who broke that the Eagles were were calling about Brian Burns. They always call. Uh, these are not stories. Uh, they pride themselves on understanding the market better than anyone else. And one of the reasons why is because he does all this due diligence. So he probably already knows kind of what Andre Dillard's going to get on the open market, at least in a ballpark type of type of figure. He already knows all this stuff. So he's working way ahead. And as I said, with Eagles fans, just let Howie do his job. Don't worry about it. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. I'm not there with Howie yet. Yeah, um, I know most people here's, aren't. Here's, he knows what, here's, here's the thing. Here's the I, guy. Hold on. John. Here's the guy who I'm there with. That's the manager of the Phillies. Sometimes Rob Thompson makes decisions that I go, really? Uh, that I don't necessarily see the dominoes lining up and how they're going to fall. And then the game ends, and guess what? He was right. So even though I disagree with him or I might question him in the moment, he's had <laughs> such a track record this season, and his is every single day. How his moves are one every three weeks. So there's certainly more to second guess with a manager on a day in day out basis of a baseball team, but how he's getting most of them right, but he's not quite hitting the percentage that a guy like Rob yeah, Thompson but, is. So but I'll, but here's... I'll certainly, uh, I'll look into it. And I won't uh, begrudge an Eagle fan for going, can I at least question it at this time? Well, that shouldn't be the, I, I shouldn't, you can question anything, obviously, but I think most of your questions and correct me if I'm wrong. Most of your questions with Howie Roseman would be about evaluation. And I think those are relevant when it comes to market. Relevant. Well, yeah. When it comes to market and, and understanding the market, understanding what pieces are worth and value, man, he's got a better record than, than Rob Thompson and a much longer record. Does he get a valuation wrong? Yeah. All the time. That's open for, all kinds of debate when it comes to understanding the market. Uh, he rarely, and even people bring up like Carson Wentz. Uh-uh. That was a great contract. He got the player wrong. They got the evaluation right. wrong. The contract was phenomenal. 
uh, for what it would have been if Carson Wentz lived up to it. He rarely, rarely gets market stuff wrong. That's what I'm talking about. And and I, I see the point you're trying to make, but here's where maybe you and I differ. You can't separate the two. You, well, you, you can't you, separate. You can try the two. to. You can go. Uh, this is church. This is state. You separate the two. No, no, no. They come together. One blatantly di- dictates the other. You can't just say, "Well, the valuation, the evaluation." No, the the evaluation eventually dictates the valuation. You can't. You can't just do a cut and slice right down the middle and say we can look at these two completely separate. They're tied together. Well, I agree they're tied together because ultimately if you get a good player, and I'll use the Chicago Bears and Ryan Pace as an example because I think there's two with him specifically. Khalil Mack, he overpaid for Khalil Mack, but he turned into the defensive player of the year, the one year he was phenomenal. Nobody cared. Mitchell Trubisky didn't turn out well. Didn't turn out well. He looks like an idiot. Guess what? If he turned out well, he was still an idiot. Because he didn't have to give up what he gave up for Mitchell Trubisky. That's what I'm talking about. You're right. Look, ultimately, it comes down to the player. If the Eagles give two first-round picks and uh, two more picks, a second-rounder, the third-rounder, and Brian Burns comes in here and wins Defensive Player of the Year, people aren't going to care. But guess what? It would still be a bad trade because he didn't have to do it. So that part, I think people have a tough time. Uh, divorcing themselves from, and that's why I use Ryan Pace. One that worked, Khalil Mack. One that didn't work, Mitchell Trubisky. Both were bad. You know, when you keep doing bad stuff, it's going to bite you in the you-know-what. But everybody gets players right. Everybody gets players wrong. That part, fair game. Understood. But uh, that's why how – how he's not batting a 1,000. That's no, why I think it's fair. Or he's not batting 800. You want me to pick the exact number? He's not batting uh, 722. Um, he gets more than his fair share right. Yes, he's better at valuation and evaluation, which I think need to be tied together. I think it's fair to at least uh, Howie <laughs> doesn't just, Howie, whatever you do, I'm in. I saw, No, I'm not ready to go there with that. I'm probably going to agree with nine out of every 10 things he does, but I reserve the right to go. Yeah, no, I don't know that he got that one right. We'll see. Yeah, if he and, does that, and, and I should have said it more succinctly. It's always uh, correct to question players and evaluation of players. Uh, where I don't question Howie is the valuation point, the market point. Uh, he's not giving up two first round picks for Brian Burns because. He's not dumb. <laughs> That's why. Let me ask you this. Will anybody be dumb this week? Somebody evidently already was. Somebody, uh, according to Schefter anyway, somebody's already offered Carolina two first-round picks. Now, I was talking to our buddy Mike Kay. He's really plugged in down there now. Um, uh, he had told me oh, the week prior that uh, – they got a way better offer than 32 or the Eagles second round pick, which right now would be 32. Ultimately it might be, they don't win the Super Bowl. It might be 28, 20, whatever you, you get the point late first round pick. He had told me last week before the Schefter report, they had a way better offer on the table than that. That was no way that was going to get done. Uh, 
that kind of deal because a lot of Eagles fans respect. Well, give him the first, the second of the first round pick. Ain't gonna no, that that wasn't gonna work. Um, well, somebody somebody gave up that for Khalil Mack. He's twenty four years old, edge rusher, premium position. There's a lot of dumb organizations in this league. Well, somebody somebody already has. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if somebody does it. And, oh, by the way, as we pointed out earlier, all of a sudden, Carolina back in the mix in that division. Oh, yeah. They got the game out. only one game, game out, out of first place. Yeah. All game right. Uh, quickie timeout coming for the Mac and Mac guys. Aaron Chats, footballoutsiders.com, going to hop aboard. Stay with us here on Birds 365. <clears throat> fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens. Go for the gallery, go for the win. Go to Ocean.
your Mega Mac guys here on Word 365. We are graced with the presence of Aaron Chat from FootballOutsiders.com, who is looking longingly at something to his left. What the hell had your eyes on there, buddy? <laughs> Playoff odds, in case you asked me what our odds were for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. I have not run the new ones this week yet that include yesterday's game. As of last week, we had the Eagles winning the Super Bowl 21% of the time. Whoa, that's a that's pretty not, big number. Not. Now, yeah. you were on this team, Aaron, preseason. So you were on this team. I do this every day, and I was not on this team as a significant uh, Super Bowl contender preseason. Uh, obviously, we all are now. What, what, why, why were you on this bandwagon so early? First of all, the amount of talent that they added in the offseason on both sides of the ball. I mean, we knew already from last year, right? They were a playoff team. They had a very strong offensive line. Uh, there were some good players on defense. But by adding Bradbury, Reddick, Kazir White, getting uh, – Brandon Graham back from injury. And then on the offensive side of the ball, adding AJ Brown, that's just a lot of talent added in one off season. And when you combine that with the fact that they had the easiest projected schedule in the league, that put them at number one. Now we didn't have them as the best team in our ratings projection. <clears throat> we actually had Tampa Bay and the Rams ahead of them. But because of the schedule, first of all, we had them higher than anyone else. Yeah. And then because of the schedule, I was predicting they would make it to the Super Bowl because I thought they had the inside track on the number one seed, which they do. And exactly right. It's 6-0. and oh, But the one thing about the, the projections you mentioned, you didn't project. We didn't project. Nobody projected the NFC East would be the best division in football and have it not even be close. They are so far the best division in football. It's scary. So that easy Eagles schedule might not be as easy as uh, you, me, or anybody else thought at the beginning of the season. Well, uh, first of all, the AFC South is still terrible. Uh, and that's four games. Um, yeah, that's true. Also, our numbers do not like the New York Giants. I mean, yeah, I'm, getting a little sick. <laughs> I'm getting a little sick of talking about this week after week, but they keep rolling sevens. It's really ridiculous, the streak they're on of yeah. just luck in close games. Uh, they're really an average team this year. Now, that's much better, much better than we thought before the season. I thought the Giants were going to be the worst team in the league. Really? They're much better than I expected. And Brian Dable is coach of the year, and it is not even close. But I'm with you. I'm right. with you on Brian Dable. I Going said forward, before, they look like yeah. an average team. They do not look like the kind of team you would imagine is 6-1. and one. Now, Dallas is very good. Dallas has been very good. But the Eagles already played them once and beat them. Yeah. Well, Cooper Rush, I think um, if Dallas with that defense, if Dak Prescott starts to play like Dak Prescott – I look at the teams behind the Eagles, and I look. You mentioned the Giants, Aaron. I'm with you with the Giants. I I don't know how they're winning these games. I'm kind of that same way with Minnesota. I don't yep. think that's a very good team. Yep, we have Dallas, Minnesota. Though, also, we have Minnesota lower than the Giants. Dallas is a good team. I I don't I don't think they're a great team, but I think they're a good team. So if you look at number two. 
in the NFC, is that where you are, the Dallas Cowboys? Yes, I think the Dallas Cowboys are the number two team in the NFC. Their defense is number two in our ratings behind Buffalo. And their offense has been average with a backup quarterback, and it should be better with Dak Prescott back. So, yes, I actually do think Dallas is the second-best team in the NFC, but the likelihood is they're going to have to they're going to win a wild card. They're going to have to win three games on the road to make the Super Bowl, and that's really hard to do. Uh, I got a text during the show from Coach Nick, and it said, uh, <laughs> tell Aaron uh, undefeated means undefeated for both the Eagles and the Coach of the Year award. He just wanted to. He's the favorite. I believe he is the betting favorite. Yeah, he has. Coach been. of the Year. Yeah. But to me, it's not. I mean, he, he's taken a very good team and made it great. Dable took a team that looked terrible. To six yeah. and one. I mean, awful. I thought before the season, and I said this to Jody, I thought there were two teams that were clearly tanking and building. Not, I don't want to use that term tanking, but building for the future. Chicago and the Giants. Yeah. Those were the two teams that I thought, well, they're just, you know, this is a loss ledger this year for them. And all of a sudden he's got them at six and one. Our line before the season is we don't like their roster and we don't think they like their roster either because we were very big on Dayball and we were very big on Shane, the right. uh, general manager. But we just thought that the players that they were working with, it just wasn't going to be good. And their defense has been awful this year, honestly, except in the most important moments, their right. defense gets it together. Yeah. And their offense, yeah. has been, their offense has been way better than anybody expected. Yeah. yeah, I would say the Giants are, are the team in the NFL right now that can trump analytics. Clench yes. the numbers. Uh, they tell you what they tell you. And then you look up and go, oh, shoot, but they're 6-1. and one, And they made Mike, the big Mike play. Kinnear, they they Mike, tackled Christian Kirk at the one-yard line on the last play yesterday. That's all that matters. They Mike didn't Kinnear, get into the who, end zone. Uh, he, Mike Tanier is our South Jersey-based Eagles fan yeah, writer. Yeah. He compared them to the 2011 Tebow Mania Broncos. Like those Broncos Tebow teams just kept winning games that they couldn't possibly win, but yeah. eventually they ran out of games. Yeah. And, Ooh. you know, but, and, and I'll bring uh, the Vikings back in the conversation as well, Aaron. Somebody has to win the NFC North. Um, so I, I, you know, some of these teams have to make the playoffs. The Vikings might have to make the playoff. The Giants yeah. might have to make the playoffs, especially if Tampa Bay, Green Bay, the Rams don't get it together. Why have those three teams, because those were the three teams we all looked at, what what has gone wrong in those particular cities? Uh, okay, I'll take them from the top to the bottom by our rating. Uh, Tampa Bay is more about bad luck. Their offense has been average, but not terrible Brady's actually Brady was missing throws yesterday but for the most of the season Brady has been fine like not spectacular but pretty good in our numbers uh their running game is really struggling their offensive line particularly up the middle just lost too many guys to injury their defense is still playing really well so Tampa is the best of those three teams by my numbers Green Bay First of all, everybody thought they were going to have a top 10 defense. There was really not much to support that idea. Like, they haven't had a top 10 defense in years. Why were they suddenly going to have a top 10 defense this year? They, they don't have a top 10 defense. They have a below average defense. And on offense, Rodgers is just uh, not in sync with his receivers at all. 
And again, offensive line problems like Bakhtiari just can't get healthy and stay healthy. And so they've had to shuffle their offensive line constantly and their special teams are a huge problem. And then the Rams, again, like we're going back to the same well with these teams, offensive, offensive line. line. Yeah. Like, yeah. And what, right. What's the biggest strength of the Eagles is the yeah. offensive line. Like offensive line is really important, hard to measure with analytics, but really important. Let me ask about those three teams from another aspect, coaching. Um, we know that a, two of them have boy genius, offensive-minded head coaches that are very well thought of across the league, maybe overrated. Um, and you got one guy stepping in for a coach who won a Super Bowl, who I think of as a great defensive coordinator and hasn't been and shouldn't be a head coach in the National Football League. How much of an impact is coaching having? on well, the Bucks, Rams, and uh, Packers struggles? First of all, I'd give Todd Bowles a little more time. I wouldn't blame what's happening in Tampa Bay on Todd Bowles at all. I mean, especially because his side of the ball is still playing really, really well. Um, you know, I'd have to look closer, you know, at specific games to see if there are specific decisions. But like I said, so much of this has to do with offensive line problems on all three teams. And a lot of that is injuries or players retiring. And there's nothing a head coach can do about that. So, like, I don't look at what's going on with those teams and feel like it's coaching. I think the biggest coaching problem right now for those three teams is the inability of Matt LaFleur to handle Aaron Rodgers' ego. Right. Like we talked yeah. about. Like, well, that's really difficult. That are measurable and things <laughs> yeah, that could. are not measurable. Yeah. And one thing that's not measurable is how you manage your locker yeah. room and how you motivate your players. And yeah. it's clear that in Green Bay, there is a locker room management issue going on. Yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't developed uh, uh, a little bit more quickly, to be honest, because Aaron, when Matt LaFleur came in, you know, not a big name and Aaron's Aaron. Um, so I'm surprised it lasted as as long as it did. Um, what here here in Philadelphia we get a lot of this, Aaron. So I want to run this by you. The Eagles haven't beaten anybody. We mentioned the schedule. Um, they can't beat anybody by these definitions because nobody's good outside Kansas City and Buffalo. <laughs> um, and so until you get to those two teams. Nobody's beating anybody. I, 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 what this league is so parity driven. Is this there year. something to say when a team does distance itself, um, like the Eagles have so far in the NFC? This year has more parity than any year that I can remember. Like our ratings have a lower standard deviation after six or seven weeks than they've ever had after six or seven weeks, because the teams are so close together. And the team that's really far ahead is not Philadelphia. Philadelphia is in number two, and they're ahead of everybody else, but they're not far ahead of everybody else. Buffalo. Buffalo is the team that is far ahead of everybody else, right? And they're they should be, by the way. Super Bowl favorites right now. Um, but, yeah, look, Philadelphia – who can they play that everybody's going to be like, well, I mean, they beat such and such so that they've proven themselves. I mean, I think Dallas, like even with Cooper Rush, I know it's Cooper Rush, but that defense is really good. I think being beating Dallas proves something. Uh, I think uh, Tampa Bay, 
is still a good team. And I think in the next couple of weeks, we'll see that they establish that they're still a good team. But yeah, I mean, the other problem is that most of the top teams in the are in the AFC and the Eagles play the bad AFC division, right? They don't play Baltimore. They don't play Cincinnati. They don't play Buffalo and they don't play Kansas City. All right. Uh, let me run this by both you two guys. Uh, get your take on it. John makes a good point about the Eagles can't can't blow anybody away with their play now because they're scheduled to play three very beatable teams in a row. How about if this happens? The Eagles play a game and they score 10 points in the first quarter and 10 points in the second quarter and then 10 points in the third <laughs> quarter and 10 points in the fourth quarter because they've had this unbelievable run of second quarters, most points ever, six weeks in the NFL in the second quarter. But in the third, the, the second half, not scoring near as much to their credit when they really need a ball control drive to put a game away. They've been able to do that time consuming book, but they have the perfectly balanced four quarter, 60 minute game, 10 points, 10 points, 10 points, 10 points. And they hold the opponents to three and three and three and three. And they blow somebody out 40 to 12. And they have this great, would then everybody go, Oh shoot. Yeah. The Eagles are the unquestioned second best team behind the, uh, maybe they haven't caught the bills yet, but they're that good. They uh, haven't had that 60 minute game yet. Is that I the think, key to make everybody believe in the Eagles? I'll make I'll make three points. The first is I think that the Kansas City offense is so explosive when it's at its best that even if numbers say the Eagles are better than Kansas City, and my numbers say they are, the average fan is still going to think Kansas City is better because we can't see those two teams on the same field. Yeah. The second thing I'll say is those kinds of quarter by quarter splits are completely inconsistent and non-predictive, except for certain teams being better or worse on like the first 15 scripted plays. So that second quarter thing for the Eagles is absolutely not going to continue. Like they're going to be better in the other three quarters and not as good in the second quarter. Okay. And then the last thing I'll say is this. We keep talking about who have they beat, who have they beat, who have they beat. My research shows pretty definitively that the best way to identify a championship team is the way they destroy their bad opponents. So you learn from the Eagles. The Eagles may have bad opponents, but if they keep destroying them, you've learned they're really good. Um, I that makes sense because if you you know if you beat who you're supposed to, that's half the battle in the NFL. And beat them when you're big. Yeah, and 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 beat them big. So I go back to week two. Um, what is now a five and one team, and we talked about you and I both don't necessarily believe in uh, Minnesota. Why is that not? What what is it about Minnesota that we don't believe in? I'll let you describe it. Why is that a team that we're not saying? Oh, that's a signature win. They're five and one. I mean, uh, first of all, their wins like the Giants' wins are close. Other than week one against Green Bay, their other four wins have been very close. Their defense has not been good, Minnesota. Their offense has actually underperformed. This is one of Kirk Cousins' worst years. I know, and it's Kirk amazing. Is very consistent. I know people don't yeah. think of Kirk Cousins as consistent, but he's consistently like the 10th best quarterback in the league. And this year, he's like the 14th best quarterback in the league. So it's like a little lower than usual. And their defense has been below average. And they've gotten a lot of close wins. And yeah, they don't feel 
for real. Last year, uh, last week, last week, <clears throat> I did a list of by our numbers going back to 1981, the worst teams to be five and one. And the Vikings and Giants were the two and three <laughs> on the list of the worst five and one teams. I think that perfectly uh, sums up those two teams right now. I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. you know, the Giants eventually are going to get the, the horseshoe out of their tuchus and they're going to lose some games. <laughs> uh, be, be, they, they, they've got, maybe it's a magic carpet ride thing. Maybe I'm not uh, dealing with the numbers and the stats and the facts the way you do, but they're, they're starting to scare me from an ego perspective. I mean, I, they've, got, they've got, look, they've got great coaching and Dable, I give Dable credit for player motivation and locker room management and calling plays. Like they offensively, they seem to call just the right play at just the right time. Yeah. But man, the Eagles will be favored over them by like a touchdown. Okay. Yeah. Well, we got a couple of weeks to wait for that. All right. Jumping back over to the other conference for just a second, because my partner on Ion Football on Sundays on CBS Sports Radio asked me if we acknowledge that the Bills and the Chiefs are the best two teams in the AFC, and then there's a drop off. Who comes in at number three? And uh, my response yesterday, maybe I was a victim of the moment. Cincinnati looked so good offensively yesterday. Yeah, they Burrow did. was so yeah. good. I said, you know, we're, we're kind of forgetting. We're only nine months removed from them being in the Super Bowl because they got off to an 0-2 start. They kind of became out of sight, out of mind. Are the, are, are the Bengals the third best team in the AFC right now? I would put Baltimore three and Cincinnati four. It's good. It's a good team, Cincinnati. And 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 by the way, their big uh, Achilles heel, Aaron, last year was obviously the offensive line. Yeah, they did a lot of work on that in the offseason. It seems to be paying dividends. A little bit of a slow start, but how much? Yeah. How much better is the offensive line been? At a least bit better. Not as much as not as they much. Wanted. L. Collins has struggled at right tackle. Um, but it's a been a little bit better. And then some of the problem is Burrow just takes sacks. Burrow just yeah, takes he does. Sacks. He does. Thing. A yeah. lot of sacks are a quarterback thing, and he just takes yeah. sacks. And they can fix the offensive line all they want, and he's still going to take sacks. Yeah. Yeah, he holds on to the ball. There he, likes, is, he, he yeah. believes he's never going to get touched. He believes he's going to make the miraculous play. He and Mahomes are a lot alike in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, they often do. The difference is, Mahomes doesn't take as many sacks. Mahomes, like, it looks like he thinks he's going to make the miraculous play, and then he either does or he throws it away, whereas Burrow takes sacks. Yeah. Now, since we're talking about quarterbacks, i got to get your thoughts on Jalen Hurts because he's a unique player, obviously. Um, You know, early in the season, I think you saw more vertical stuff than you're seeing now, so I think people are adjusting. But either way, he he makes it very difficult on opposing defenses. And I say, by the way, to a lesser degree, but some similar stuff now with 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 Daniel Jones and the Giants and and the way Brian Dayball and Mike Kopka are using him, they're starting to use his athleticism, which I don't I don't think people realize how athletic Daniel Jones is. But when you're grading quarterbacks. How do you do that when you have unique players who who stress the defense maybe in, in unconventional ways? Dual threat Danny, baby. That's what we're calling him. Yeah. Dual threat Danny. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting because you know, one thing I do 
you know, you have to sort of rank quarterbacks because, I mean, like, for example, I have an all pro vote. I have to have one of them as better than the other ones because yeah. I only get to vote for one. Yeah. Right. But um, I prefer to look at quarterbacks or players in general as a mix of strengths and weaknesses rather than as like a number that defines how good they are. And so, yeah, it's when you have a player like Jalen Hurts who has multiple strengths and can do a lot of different things, that's very valuable. And I said before the season that even if Hurts was what he was last year, which was a great runner and a slightly above average passer, I thought that was good enough to take the Eagles to the Super Bowl given their schedule. But he's been better than that, right? His passing yeah. has absolutely oh, yeah. improved. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now to see how much the up the middle thing has been solved. But I know he's passing up the middle at least a little bit more than he did last year, which is good. More of the field you can use than the more you stress the defense, right? If you never pass up the middle, they don't have to put their safeties in the middle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and the other thing about Hurts is that like a lot of these other quarterbacks, like Lamar Jackson, and like, by the way, Daniel Jones, which teams are going to have to learn this, you can't play as much man against him because if you turn your back to him, he takes off. And so it, 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 it changes what a defense can do against him. Yeah, except the Terp monster got him again. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be tripping up, uh, DJ. I, I want your take on this because uh, w we always like playing with Eagle fans and on our stream and uh, Twitter and my WIP phones the Eagle fans seem to want to add another big name. Not surprising. That's the way Eagle fans. That's always a lot of him. Always. I'm yeah. not going to just drop this on the Eagle fans laps because every fan base, uh, or that's almost true. every yeah. fan base does the same. Give us a superstar. Give us a recognizable name. Give us a shiny new toy. Well, the one that everyone is talking about this week is Brian Burns, a defensive end from Carolina. <clears throat> uh, the, the, and price is going to be what the price is going to be. And if the Eagles were willing to pay it, which neither John nor I think they will be, how would they incorporate him? What do your numbers say about the Eagles defensive ends? Do they desperately need an upgrade? Could they use an upgrade? What the hell are we talking defensive end for? They're perfectly fine there. What are your numbers on the Eagles DE so far this year? I mostly feel like, why are we talking about an upgrade? They're fine there. But what, yeah. what it does is, Here's, here's the thing. The Eagles have always prided themselves on depth on the defensive line, both at tackle and at end, mm -hmm. where they can bring in waves of guys. So having Burns absolutely improves your ability to bring in waves of guys. Like you, you've got your first couple guys, and then if they sit down, yeah, you got your next couple guys. But they've got a really good pass rush right now. I mean, they've got Graham and they've got Hassan Reddick. And I mean, is it worth the, the cost of two first round picks to add Brian Burns? I, I mean, it's, it's not that he's not a good player. He's a very good player. It's just, it's a strength that the Eagles already have. I think that the, the, if you think about what the biggest need might be for the Eagles, it's something that I don't think is really on the market which is some kind of like a real game-changing slot receiver, right? With, with uh, Brown, and, and, um, Brown and Smith on the, outs, uh, on the outside to improve that third spot, maybe. 
But otherwise, I mean, this team, any improvement you're going to make is going to be small, and that's not worth two first-round picks. No, not not at all. The big-name trap is what Joe Banner calls it. But Brian Burns is a very good player. So, Oh, very good. Uh, yeah. Uh, he is Aaron Schatz at F. Oh, underscore a shots. You can follow him on Twitter, uh, editor in chief of football outsiders with our buddy, Mike uh, Tanier, as he mentioned. Um, I do want to end it on the offensive line because I think, you know, you bring up, that's what the Eagles do. They build up run on both sides of the football. You just talked about it. Uh, defensive line. I'm going to talk about an offensive line. We got into it a little bit with some of these struggling teams. It seems that's the theme. Offensive line, injuries. Uh, Giants, by the way, just lost two offensive linemen. That could be their market correction. Is there anything other, bigger besides quarterback play, I'll put that aside, that judges successful NFL teams better than good offensive line play? Or am I, mean, I overstating I, that? I don't know. I think I would still put – your wide receivers and your cornerbacks ahead of your offensive line. Here's the thing, and I'll give some credit to Pro Football Focus for writing about this a lot. Um, offensive line is a weak link system, okay? Which means that it's uh, more important to not have bad offensive linemen than it is to have good offensive linemen. Mm. Like you can mm. have a top left tackle and that's swell, but if your right guard and your right tackle are not good, now we know what the defense will attack. Like yeah. you can't yeah. have holes on your offensive line. And what the Eagles have done, I mean, we can talk all about uh, how much my has developed and we can talk about Jason Kelsey and whether he's going to be in the hall of fame, but what the Eagles really have done well over the last few years is never have a weakness. That's a good point. Then part of that has been the depth because they've had their fair share of range. Well, shoot, everybody yeah, on their offensive line yeah. was, was built, earning yeah, going absolutely. into the bye. Depth on offensive line. Yeah. yeah, They plug yeah. in guys and the drop-off isn't as great as it is in some other places. I mean, look, they blew a first-round pick, right? I mean, Diller, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. They blew a first-round pick, and because of depth and scouting and coaching and whatever else has gone into my life, they've totally made up for it. Yeah, It's called Stoutland University. Stoutland uh, University. Uh, right. My lot clued us into that on Sunday night football before the bye. Aaron, great stuff. Appreciate you hopping on board. You always educate us when you come on. You know we're going to be bringing you back into class again. Thanks for doing it today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Footballoutsiders.com. Hope everybody will check out all of our content. They should. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, do that immediately. Footballoutsiders.com with Aaron Schatz. I Jody Mac, Johnny Mac coming back. We still got 10 minutes left to play. That's a big bow on the show today here on Bird Street 65. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. 
Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Will Eagles be undefeated next Monday? Yes. Yeah, they should be. Yeah, they can beat the Steelers. <laughs> yes. Next, uh, Sunday. Uh, I'm so, going early with my prediction. Uh, yes. Right. You, you and I are certainly headed in the same direction there. Um, and we've had Aaron Schatz on the show a couple of times since we started Birds 365 a year and change ago. And always love having him on because I just think his stuff is that good. He expresses it well. And I agree with him a lot. We just kind of see it the same way. So uh, that's why I like having him on. But there's one thing I disagree with him that he said. Giants? No. Well, that too. So there are two things. I I think he's under. I I think the world is underselling the Giants right now. Um, No, the Eagles need for a specific slot. Oh, yeah. I don't agree with that. The same thing I said with Christian McCaffrey. Look, this is not a pass-heavy team. And at some point, you got to think about traffic. And they play a certain way to take advantage of the skills of the quarterback. And I give them a ton of credit for that. But you have A.J. Brown, um, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith. That's plenty. For for the amount they throw the football, that is plenty. And nobody's going to be happy in that fourth role. Uh, so a relevant, I don't want to say relevant, uh, other people are irrelevant, but players who expect the football who expect the football. Like I said, role players are real, Jody. 
they're real. And you have to have a certain mentality to be a oh, role sure. player. And star players don't have that mentality. Is and, my thought process. Yeah, uh, despite the fact that they won this week, my Jets are having an issue with that. Elijah Moore, uh, a year Perfect and six example. games into yeah. his career. Very what do you mean player. I'm not getting targeted? Yeah. You, you're still a wet behind the year's yeah. second year player. Shut and he hasn't play. proven anything. You can imagine, yeah. like OBJ, I brought up OBJ. Well, could OBJ be that? Well, in theory, in fantasy land, yeah. In the marmalade forest by the make believe trees, yes. But not in real life. I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you there, Joe. Correct. And here's here's where I was going with it uh, for a different reason than than you had. I agree with your reason, by the way. But uh, also adding to the the thought process. Eagles talk a lot. Everybody talks about it, but because we're Eagles Sports Three Sixty Five, we talk about it with the Eagles. That flexibility is a key. That if you can do several different things and play several different positions, their backup offense can play both guard and center and left and right. And I think that can be overstated from time to time. A guy can play both slot corner and safety. Yeah, Josiah Scott's Josiah Scott. Yeah, I don't care what position you play. I'm with you. That's with you. overstated. But here's where I think flexibility really is a key. And I would want it in my on my team. And I don't think it's as, as uh, emphasized as some of those other ones I just pointed out in. And I know the Eagles feel this way, but they haven't, uh, Sirianni hasn't talked about it all that much. If I've got wide receivers, I want them to be able to do everything. X, Y, Z. I plug you in there on any given play, depending on formation, depending on what the other team is doing. I might want you, why? I might want you in the slot. I want you to do everything. I don't, and the Eagles with uh, the level of the top two wide receivers that the last thing I want to do is pigeonhole the third guy. No, 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 no. You need to do what I need you to do on a given play. You need to come in here and be a uh, Swiss Army Knife. If I need you in the slot, I need you in the slot. I need you outside. I need you to take the top off the defense. I need you to do everything. You don't have to be great at any of them because we already got two great wide receivers. But the third guy's got to be able to do a little bit of everything. That's where I think flexibility is as big a key as any other position. So I'm just not looking for a quote-unquote slot wide receiver. No, no. I need a wide receiver who can do a little bit of everything because he's going to be number three in this town. He's not moving ahead of either Devontae and or A.J. Brown. So it's flexibility and ability to do a little bit of everything yeah. is much more um, important Well, actually, Nick talks about that all the time. Actually, I think to a more last year when it was a bigger issue, with Devontae uh, Smith, because you remember we all talked about because of Devontae in the size issue, it's probably better to play him at blank or more, but he can do, he can play X, he can play in the slot. AJ can do whatever the hell he wants. Um, uh, but I think everybody gets caught in that, oh, you need Wes Welker, you need Julian Edelman, you need that, that option team. route got not on this exactly not on this team. This team's not built that way. With Tom Brady, yeah, it's nice. Um, would be really nice to have that player. Um, but then you'd have bigger numbers for AJ outside as well, Devontae. Um, for the way this team is built, they don't need it. They don't need it. Um, you know, you saw the run pass run option that Shane Steichen likes to call it. I think they could have run that a thousand times. Uh, and it would have worked 999 against the Cowboys where they put uh, A.J. Brown in motion. They brought him back. Then they brought him back again. 
Then it's up to Jalen Hurts to read the unblocked Micah Parsons. Is he coming at me? Uh, and he just flipped it out to AJ a couple times, and then he flipped it out to Devontae Smith. He, he's not playing outside receiver. You know, call him a slot receiver if you want. It's a different type of offense. It works for the Eagles. They don't need a flex receiver. Here's what they need, Jody. I know we got to go. They need a third safety. I'd like a more explosive tight end um, for 12 personnel a, a little bit. I'd like a special teams player. I'd like a returner. Role player. They need a role player. So if they get somebody, look at those types of positions. I forgot to check in with my sources uh, for that Sunday night game against the Cowboys. If John McMullen actually clapped in the press box because Eagles use motion as much as they did. because No, no clapping in the press box. Although, I know, but you know, I thought maybe you couldn't help in. yourself because no. the Eagles use as much motion no. as they did. One of the John McMullen critiques of the birds yeah. this year. Maybe, maybe Nick Sirianni uh, listened to me. Yeah. So Eagles fans could thank me. Instead Shane, of ripping Shane, me all Shane the time. Shane uh, yeah. uh, goes back and listens to yeah. Birds 365 every single day, yeah. or so we hope. There you have it. All right, uh, partner, uh, we got Clark Judge on tomorrow, another one of our good national guys. He's going to join us. I'll be back here tomorrow. You, you, since you got no Eagles to uh, cover today, <laughs> you probably got to write 27 articles. Oh, yeah. than that. You're not going anywhere, so you'll be back here tomorrow, right? Uh, that's the plan, Jody. That is the plan. And I'll make another bold prediction. John McMullen will have a black shirt on tomorrow. Just a guess on my part. Uh, this I'm... is not black. but it's, Is it? Uh, what is it? Dark brown? Dark brown. Dark okay. Brown. Looks pretty black to me. A little black, though. I yeah. might have to go Philly red again. Tomorrow. No, they're not playing yeah. for four days. So. Come on. I'm not pandering. I'm not pandering. I am. I'm pandering to the Phillies. And we'll do a little bit more of that. But more birds, 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high quality clothing and activewear like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.